letters eleven and twelve of the history of lady barton this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c the history of lady barton by elizabeth griffiths letters eleven to twelve from lady barton to miss cleveland letter eleven my dearest fanny your letter has affected me more than i can express i am indeed most truly grieved for my brother for the sweet delia and yourself yet why lament for her whose state i envy her life was innocence her death was arly would mine had been so too young as she was yet she had tasted sorrow her mother's cruelty in first accepting sir george's proposals for her and then rejecting him without a cause preyed on her tender heart she loved him fanny and he deserved her passion her death has sealed his constancy her merits nay her beauties are graved upon his heart in their full lustre they will remain for ever undiminished in his memory and bloom before him from the silent tomb my dearest brother how my heart pleads for thine i would write to him fanny but fear to increase his grief by mentioning the cause you will be watchful over his distress till time's lenient power shall blunt the arrows of disastrous love and soften its sharp pangs to gentle melancholy why am i not with you to share this tender office alas why am i not anywhere but where i am o oh, my sister i could a tale unfold but i will not add to your present distress nor take off your attention from that dear brother to whom it may be useful to bestow it on one to whom it cannot be of service but who will ever be with the tenderest affection to sir george and you a faithful friend and sister louisa barton p s as soon as my spirits will permit i shall reply to the first part of your last letter i will not now my fanny insist on regular answers as i am sure you will devote every moment of your time to our dear mourner but if any extraordinary particular relative to poor delia should come to your knowledge pray acquaint me with it letter twelve i now sit down to thank my dearest fanny for the kind caution she gave me in the first part of her last letter i will try if possible to forget the melancholy conclusion of it and reply only to what relates to myself i have had harriet wesley with me for some days and find as much comfort in her innocent and cheerful society 
as my unhappy situation will admit but alas she is incapable of administering either consolation or advice to me her knowledge of the world is even less than mine nor would i for that world render her wretched by reposing the distresses of my perturbated mind in her soft bosom o oh, fanny there is neither friend nor confident for a married woman who does not find them both in her husband i am almost afraid to communicate my thoughts to you yet why for they are innocent but letters may miscarry a thousand accidents bring them to light and oft undo the peace of the poor writer but i have naught to lose my peace is fled your apprehensions are but too well sounded i am in the most imminent danger from my acquaintance with colonel walter but as isabella says danger claudio tis here and everywhere our forced companion the rising and setting sun beholds us environed with it our whole life a journey ending in certain ruin would mine were come to the last stage i told you before that lord lucan was extremely altered from gay to grave and that colonel walter affected to know the cause of this sudden transition and repeatedly offered to acquaint me with it which i constantly declined and turned it off with raillery i will confess to you that i before suspected what the colonel meant to inform me of women are generally too quick-sighted in these matters and i by no means wish to have my doubts upon this subject confirmed i observed that whenever lord lucan was present the colonel used to strive to sit as near me as possible and frequently whisper nothing in my ear then laugh as if he had said something smart and lively i have often looked grave and sometimes silly on these occasions but could not divine the meaning of this absurd behaviour till this morning i was at work in my dressing-room and harriet reading to me when lucy came in i could visibly discover that something had affected or ruffled her mind and therefore made a pretence to send harriet out of the room as soon as she was gone lucy burst into tears and drew a letter out of her pocket which she had just received from colonel walter she made a thousand apologies for putting it in my hands but said she knew not how to act upon so nice and critical an occasion the contents were as follows to miss leicester dear madame the friendship you profess for lady barton of which i can no more doubt the sincerity than my own to you inclines me to acquaint her through such a proper medium of an affair which i think of some consequence to her but of which she at present seems wilfully ignorant 
through i dare say you and every other person who knows her except sir william have long seen the ardent passion which lord lucan has conceived for her now really my dear lucy it is a thousand pities that such a fine young man should waste his life in sighs and groans for a perverse beauty who will not even deign to own that she perceives his passion we all know it is impossible that she can love her husband and in that case it is highly probable that she should love somebody else and why not her poor sighing swain i have tried every possible means to prevail on lord lucan to avow his passion but the simpleton denies it even to me though he must be sensible that i have seen its rise and progress from the first moment he beheld her at pangore ferry to this present writing i have even attempted to make him jealous by an affected familiarity with lady barton though both she and you know que mon coeur est de vol à madame votre tante but all this i'll swear i did in pure good will in hopes of bringing the lovers to an explanation which might possibly prevent their going on at the absurd rate they do at present you know my dear lucy that i have a very high opinion of lady barton i therefore could not presume to mention lord lucan as a lover for her ladyship if i were not perfectly convinced that he is as true a platonic as she or even your little romantic self i would not by any means have you venture to shrew her this letter but you ladies have a thousand agreeable ways of conveying a secret to each other especially where you have reason to imagine that the information will not be displeasing i shall have had the honour of seeing you this evening at mrs leighton's but pray don't take notice of this letter to her or to any other person but the one whom it concerns adieu ma bella ibuno figulua j walter i shall never be able to describe what i felt upon reading this detestable scroll this outrage to honour delicacy friendship virtue but how to act it was impossible to think of shrewing such a letter to a husband as the consequences must in all probability and ought to have been fatal and neither lucy nor i could submit to the meanness of telling a falsehood by saying she had not shrewed me the letter in this dilemma i determined on sending for colonel walter myself to speak my sentiments to him upon the occasion which i did he came and on my asking him what i had ever done to provoke his malice or how he dared to insult me by his letter 
to Miss Leicester? He burst into an affected laugh and said he was sorry to find that English ladies had no idea of a jest and that he really meant nothing more than a little badinage and to bring about a kind of platonic gallantry between Lord Lucan and me which might serve to amuse us in the long evenings we were to pass together at southfield but if his raillery had given me a moment's pain he asked my pardon and promised never to offend again on the same subject i was in prudence obliged to acquiesce with the insincere submission but from this hour i know him for mine enemy oh fanny what a situation is mine would to heaven i could exchange it for that of our dear departed delia she is at peace my sister while i but let me not distress you farther tell me i conjure you tell me that my brother's virtue and philosophy have calmed his sorrows and that he now only feels that sort of tender regret which arises from the fond idea of a long absent friend tell me something of yourself but let that something give me leave to hope that you are happy and i shall repine the less at my own wretchedness my true love waits on sir george and you adieu my fanny louisa barton end of letters eleven to twelve recording by linda marie nielsen vancouver b c